There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 550 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and this is part 2 of our Heaving Bosoms crossover. Hello, Heaving Bosoms listeners. Welcome. Some of our most popular episodes are crossovers between Heaving Bosoms and Smart Podcast Trashy Books, and we have a new one. If you tuned into the Heaving Bosoms episode this week for part one, you'll know that we are discussing and recapping The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie by Jennifer Ashley. This was originally published in 2009, and at that time, it inspired so much discussion. So, we have a lot to talk about. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community. Not only do you make sure that every episode has a transcript, including this one, hello garlic knitter, you keep me going each week. And if you are a member of the Patreon community, there's a really nifty discord, there's bonus episodes, and I have a compliment. This compliment is for the queer aunt. In a galaxy far away, the folks that live on a beautiful planet celebrate an annual festival dedicated to kindness Strangely enough, all of the decorations kind of look like you. If you would like a compliment of your own or if you'd like to support the show, have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. This episode is sponsored in part by Lumi Deodorant. Lumi is a uniquely formulated pH balanced deodorant that was developed by an OBGYN. It's aluminum free, skin safe and clinically proven to control odor anywhere on your body for up to 72 hours. And heads up, new customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with code Sarah at lumideodorant.com. Now, I've started paying a lot more attention to the ingredients in my deodorant, and I really like Lumi. There are several products. There's a solid stick deodorant, which I have in a lovely coconut scent. There's a cream tube deodorant, a body wash, and deodorant wipes. And one of my teenagers has taken the deodorant wipes for school, particularly for after gym class. And the report from school is, these are so great and they don't smell weird. So there you go. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, the cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and the deodorant wipes, and there's free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code Sarah at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code Sarah. This episode is also brought to you by my favorite nerdy vitamin, Ritual. Perfection is impossible, so please let yourself off the hook with Ritual. Ritual knows it's almost impossible to get every nutrient that you need 100% of the time, so they made a multivitamin that helps you complete any gaps to support your health. And as I've said before, I am very much a set it and forget it kind of person. I like solutions that are easy, that I can trust, and that I don't have to think about because I never know what day or year it is. And I like Ritual because I never have to remember to order more. 
I know what each ingredient is and where it came from inside the Essential for Women 18 Plus vitamin because of the traceable supply chain. I also like how easy it is with Ritual. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping and I can start, snooze, or cancel any time. They're soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. I like my nerdy vitamin. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. And with great news, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. This episode was brought to you in part by Pear Eyewear. I love my pear eyeglasses and I am so excited to have two pairs of glasses. Usually I only have one and they have customizable options. It is so fun to switch up how my glasses look because with Pear, I select base frames and then the customizable magnetic top frames are available in hundreds of colors and styles. I love how practical my pair eyeglasses are too. My base frames are a remixed blue tortoise in the Finley style and they're great, but my top frame is my sunglasses. I don't have to carry a separate pair of sunglasses. I just pop the top frame onto my eyeglasses. It takes up no room in my bag and keeps my eyes happy. And as I've mentioned, I've worn glasses my entire life and I've always worn bifocals, which are very expensive. With pair, base frames start at 60 bucks and I can add top frames with limited edition collections like ones developed in partnership with art museums. Get glasses that stay as fresh as your unique style with pair. Go to PearEyewear.com slash Sarah for 15% off your first purchase. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com slash Sarah. All right, are you ready for part two of the madness of Lord Ian McKenzie with Melody from Heaving Bosoms? Let's do this. On with part two of our crossover episode. The last time we did a split episode... We uh-huh. left off in the middle of the theater where they were fucking on stage at the fucky That's theater. True. Yes, but that was a different mm-hmm. book. This book, they're mm-hmm. fucking in a pseudo hotel, a pension, and the uh-huh. cops are outside because they're not allowed to go to Bone Town without being married. And the cop outside is Detective Hate Boner, and he's super mad that they exist, apparently. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Beth and Ian have gone to Bone Town finally with full on, he's too big pseudo virginity yes. Boner Town visiting. And Lord Ian and Beth, now that they've gone to Bone Town, are cornered by the police. And so he somehow, magically, gets his valet, who is both Google and TaskRabbit in one, yep. to go out, find his brother, find a priest, bring him in. And now it's like, listen, we have to get married or else the cops will arrest us for having had sexy like, times. No, no, we couldn't possibly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, he says, look, we, we fit. We don't fit in, but we oh. fit together. We fit. Mm-hmm. We are and adrift wrong. and no one wants us, the real us. We might as well drift together. It's not, I love you, please marry me. It's, well, we fit. Let's, you know, let's rub along together. And she points out, look, that guy's Catholic. Yeah. I, I, I'm Church of England. That guy's Catholic. This isn't, he's yeah. like, no, it's real. It's real. We can have another it's ceremony in Scotland, but it's real. And, uh, you're going to be part of my family. And he's, she's like, you didn't even buy me a ring. He's like, I will buy you the biggest damn ring you have ever seen in your life. Uh-huh. He's like, I just want to give you my protection of my family and my name. And I want you to marry me. And now we're mm-hmm. really, we're cornered by Detective Inspector Hate Boner, who hates my family for reasons we have not discovered. But, you mm-hmm. know, I will buy you a ring. I will protect you. I will I just want to have sex with you a lot. Would you please marry me? And she's like, fine. yeah. She's like, fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. All right. Doesn't cross her mind once that they can get it annulled. Both nope. of them have this, this, you know, slapdash wedding. And the best and part then- is Curry, Valet, who is also Google and also TaskRabbit, is like, listen, you guys, it stopped raining and he's going to come in because it stopped raining. It stopped raining. You have to get married. Yep. And they're like, that is the logic that I've been waiting for, frankly, Obviously, Curry. fine. Okay, we Thank better do you. it quickly. If it stopped raining, and obviously we need to get married. So they get married. <laughs> and then they were married. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what we should do? Now that we're actually married, we should go on, uh, we should do a honeymoon yeah. back in Scotland. Yeah, You've got to come Scotland. see my ancestral home. Yeah. And, and this is the thing about the pacing of this book that absolutely floors me. It's like, this is the middle. Yeah. This isn't even the end. This is the middle. Mm-hmm. Like you could have had a book of just them 
in London with her shitty fiance and getting her out of the engagement. You could have had a book that was just them in Paris with all of the glorious sequel bait just wandering around the city. You could have had Uh a whole book of just them in Scotland. You could have had a book of all of the major settings so far could have been their own book. Nope, we're getting all three of them. All three, lots of travel, lots of sexy times. So they get married and they just walk out the front door like, fuck you, pal. We're Uh married. I'm Lady Ian McKenzie. You can't arrest us. Those cops can't arrest us. We are going home to Bone Town. Fuck you, bye. Yeah, bye. Deuces, they say. Yep. And she realized how easy it is for him to just be like, no, we're going to go. And Mm -hmm. the way in front of him is effortlessly smooth. They walk Mm -hmm. on the train. There's first class tickets. The baggage is handled. He doesn't have to do anything. She doesn't have to do a single thing for herself. And it's really unnerving to her. Yeah. She's really kind of like, oh, my God. Like, whoa, what the hell? And so then they randomly go to London. She didn't know that they were doing that. They go to London and they pop over uh, so that he can buy a porcelain um, bowl from a dealer. He needs another bowl. They go and they do the deal for the bowl. And then in walks Mathers, her old fiance, with another bowl because he's broke. And he's really rude to Beth. He's like, wow, people are going to, you know, think that you're his mistress. And he looks, Ian looks at him and says, Beth is my wife. And Mather gets all mad and says he's going to sue them for breach of contract. Like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, my God, Mather. Just you can't you can't afford a solicitor. Go home. For God's sake. So in order to calm him down, Ian says, I would like to see the bowl you're selling. And Ian buys it from Mather to Mm -hmm. get him to just back off but also it's a it's a nice bowl and he wants it so then she's like okay well uh like guess we'll go to the house or whatever and he's like no we're just literally stopping by and we're gonna take the night train to scotland yeah finally they arrive at kill morgan which is his Mm -hmm. house which okay so she sees that he's like way more relaxed here Mm -hmm. and it's really honestly nice to see they're talking about curry says something i think about his brother the Mm -hmm. duke Mm -hmm. like he'll want to see you or whatever And she goes, I didn't know he was here. And he says, yeah, I didn't either. I just saw the ducal flag was up. I did not know that was a thing. Oh, that's absolutely absolutely a thing. Wherever the monarch is in England, the standard flies to show that they are in residence. Oh. Yeah. Huh. And it says earlier in the book that the Duke of Kilmorgan is extremely high in the order of precedence. Yes. In all of the... England Times Dukes. He's like top mm-hmm. three. And so his standard is above the house. And so Ian knew at a glance that his brother was there. Right. It's massive. It's huge. It's a big, 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 big house. And uh, everyone... And everybody is so excited. They're to see all her. so excited. The coachman's excited to meet her. Everybody in the house is like, let's go out on the porch and meet Beth. This is going to be great. And they're all really excited. And Beth is like, holy shit. Ian What's happening? Ian doesn't introduce her. Every single maid, every footman, everyone there bows to her and is Mm -hmm. like, what is happening? And she's just completely overwhelmed. One of them's like, your brother wants to see you and somebody's going to take her up to her room. And he's like, oh, no, 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 he can meet Beth. And everybody's sort of like, really? You think that's a great idea? Are you sure? Are you sure? You're sure. Are you super duper sure is here? Are you extra sure And Mm -hmm. well, it turns out, Heart, Duke of Kilmorgan, he's kind Beth, of a dick yeah. to Beth. Yeah. At first, he talks about her as if she's not in the room. Like, he asks a question about her that he could ask to her face. And she will not have it. Yes. And I love it. Yes. She refuses to allow him to not acknowledge them. She's like, your grace, we're in the room. And then he he starts talking to Ian, and she walks forward with her hand uh, extended. And she's like, I'm uh-huh. very well. Thank you for asking. The journey was tiring and, you know, no problem <laughs> the lines and everything was fine. And Hart's like, who is this woman talking to me when I'm trying uh-huh. to talk to you? And she's like, I'm, I'm not going to let him ignore me. No, no, not at all. And Ian's like, that's my wife. Yeah. And Hart's like, I don't recall sending for you. You could be in bed right now. And Beth looks him in the eye and says, the only person I ever allowed to send for me was Mrs. Barrington. And that was because she was paying me my wages. That's right. And he, Ian's like, just, just leave her alone, Hart. Just leave her be. 
Yeah, he's like, cool it a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> and Hart didn't doesn't know what to deal with to do with Beth. He doesn't know what to do with these changes in Ian. He's mm-hmm. a big grumpy puss. He is. He's and grump. so he's like, I guess I'll see you at dinner. Dress up nice, mm-hmm. ugly, because we dress up nice here. Yeah, we dress basically. for dinner. We dress formerly. Don't be late. And and then he calls her Mrs. Ackerley. <gasps> Sir. I know. And she's like, You can call me Beth. I'm no longer oh. Mrs. Ackerley and you have and have become to our mutual astonishment your sister. And Hart is like, what? Oh, he is floored. And Ian is delighted. Biggest shit eating grin. And he is so impressed with Beth. He mm-hmm. is just so happy. Now, here's the thing that happens that I just I wanted to talk to you about. Apparently, Please. every one of the brothers has their own wing of this house. <gasps> That's what, what the, I thought too. What the hell? How big is this house? Everybody's got their own wing, so he goes to his own wing, and uh, and then he says, "When we have visitors, they stay in our wing, and we take care of them." And like, she's how like, big oh, is wow. this house? What kind of staffing do you have going on here? What is happening? I mean, I think it must be bigger than Pemberley. You know I what I mean? Mean, jeez. Um, and he says, "She says, oh yeah, this is where you brought all the other ladies." And he says, Mm -hmm. nope, you're my first guest. Nope. So they go down to dinner and Hart is there and Hart is a grump ass. And Hart is like, I want you to read a treaty. And uh, I I need you to commit it to memory because whatever Ian hears or reads or overhears is committed to memory. He has- It just locked in. What's it called? Eidetic? Eidetic? I think it's like, yeah. Eidetic. Eidetic memory. He can remember everything. And Beth is like, oh, do you just sort of keep all of your treaties in Ian's head? Uh And uh, Ian remembers every word, so it's advantageous to heart. And Beth like winks at Ian is like, well, I'm certainly, it's a very fascinating conversation over tea. And Ian is like smiling at her because she's annoying Uh the shit out of heart and he loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. And she's very pointedly sort of giving Hart a commentary on the way that he treats Ian. Yeah. she he, She's um, calling out his treatment without being like, you suck. Yes. And Ian is in a very familiar pattern to anyone who's had a weird family. He never questions mm-hmm. how his family is. Why would he question how his family treats him. Why would he question the way that his relationship with his brother is? And and Beth right. is like, yeah, I don't think I like this. Well, and the other layer that I think we forgot to to say, even in the Heaving Bosoms episode, is that he feels incredibly grateful yes. and a little bit indebted to Hart because yes. his dad was the one who put him into the asylum. Yeah. And Hart, Hart couldn't get him out while his father was alive. But the very first thing Hart did as soon as their dad fell off his horse and broke his neck was go and get, get him out at Ian yeah. and get him out of there because he never wanted him in there. He knew he didn't belong there. Yeah. And, you know, so Ian, Ian endured actual torture mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And Hart was the one who liberated him from that. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I understand this in his mind. He's like, yeah, he did me like the biggest solid any person can do for the other one. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I'll memorize a treaty here and there. Yeah, like, it's, fine. it's not that big a deal. I'll move his stocks around. What's the deal? Yeah. <laughs> but he is now seeing that Hart is hostile to Beth and Ian's loyalty is now with Beth. And Hart does Absolutely. not like that. There's also this really great dig at the queen. Oh, yeah. I love this part. So Beth points out there's no, I was figuring bagpipes and Hart was like, no, we don't have the pipes inside. It's too loud. And Ian says, yeah, dad used to, gave me a headache, hated it. And Hart says, yeah, we're not a storybook Scottish family with everyone wearing claymores and longing for the days of Bonnie Prince Charlie. The queen may build a castle at Balmoral and put on plaid, but that does not make her Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Beth's like, well, what, what makes someone Scottish? And Hart says, being born to a Scottish clan and remaining part of the clan inside yourself. And Ian says, you know, (laughs) having a taste for porridge doesn't hurt. (laughs) Because Ian's trying to make sure that he doesn't go off on a diatribe about being Scots or whatever. Yeah, whatever. He he does not like how Hart is picking at Beth, but isn't quite sure how to handle it. But then also is very appreciative of the fact that Beth is not putting up with his shit and is having a really solid time needling heart and uh-huh. Ian is just friggin' delighted by all of this. Absolutely. And she's so cute because it doesn't she say like Ian, I think you just made a joke. Yes. Like yeah. great job. 
So Ian agrees to go look at whatever this treaty is. And then Beth is like, fine, I'll go in the garden. You go do your treaty business. And then Hart and goes and finds her in the garden and is a complete prat. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're very clever. And, uh, well, clearly you've, you've fooled my brother and you've, Mm -hmm. you've fooled Mac and you've fooled Isabella, but you won't, I'm not gullible. You won't fool me. And she's like, what do you, why do you think I've bamboozled all of these people? Why do you think I've bamboozled Ian? And he goes, well, didn't you? And she said, no, I told him like several times that I didn't want to get married again. And there I was signing the license and Ian bamboozled me. And Hart is like, Ian is, and then stops. And she's like, what, he's mad? She says, no, he's right. he's vulnerable. He's vulnerable, Hart says, and he's getting a little misty-eyed. Yeah. He's really just trying to protect Ian. Yeah. And of course, Hart knows exactly how much she's inherited from Mrs. Barrington because apparently her stuff is all in some sort of public database or something. Oh, yeah. I don't even understand it. And yeah. they're arguing over Ian. And Hart is continually accusing her of having swindled Ian into marrying her. And she's like, no, Ian came after me. I went to Paris. I fucked off. He followed me. Yeah. Yes. And, and then, then she he, says like, and why does it seem impossible to you that I could fall in love with him? Yeah. Like, why? And of course, Hart knows that her father was a liar. And she's like, all of these people, how do, how do you all know this? Romance reasons. Romance reasons. And yeah. he says, I will not let a fortune hunter ruin my brother. And, and Beth is like, I've never hunted a fortune in my life. And he's like, don't make fun of me. I will have the marriage annulled. And she's like, can you not believe that I fell in love with him? Oh. He's like, no. She goes, oh, I see. You think he's mad and you don't think any woman could love him. He's like, Aww. Ian is mad. The commission of lunacy proved it. I was there. Well, then why didn't you leave him in the asylum? Because yeah. I know what they did and I know what they were doing. And if he hadn't been mad when he went in, he would have been mad by the time he came out. I mean, and honestly, fair. Fair. Absolutely fair. And he knows what they did to him in the asylum. And Beth is horrified and but says, you know, Ian is grateful that you got him out. And she's grateful. Yeah. And Hart turns around and Ian is standing right there. Standing there. And he says, I told you to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And Hart's like, she can't be trusted. Ian look, doesn't look at his brother, but will not move and says, she is my wife. She's under my protection. Right. And the only way I will let you do anything against this marriage is if you declare me a lunatic again. And Hart is like, that's a direct hit. Hart is like, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Ian's like, I want her as my wife. She will be my wife. She is a Mackenzie. Treat her like one. Oh, boundaries are so hot. Oh, hot, hot, sexy boundaries. Yeah, Beth thinks so too. Yeah. She says, I chose Ian. Whether we live in a grand mansion or a boarding house and hearts like, or a vicarage. And she's like, yeah, well, the vicarage was pretty great, actually. Yeah, had I rats. had a great time in the vicarage. It had Jesus. rats. And she's like, like, yeah, I named the rats. I named all of them because it made it more bearable <laughs> to have rats if they had names. Oh, she says the only rat we deal with now is Inspector Hate Boner. She realizes that Ian is her safe harbor. He is her safe place. She is safe with him, which is not something that she's really had before. It's probably why she was getting married to Mather, that gross human being. Mm -hmm. And she feels protected and safe. And even though she needs to be protected from her husband's brother, because apparently he's just like very tantrumy. But okay. So then they go into the house and she sees the picture of his father. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know <laughs> what to say. <laughs> and she goes, well, he's quite hairy. Hairy. Because <laughs> this is the guy that and caused all this pain. He's all, he, yes. this is the guy that has caused so much pain to Ian and the rest of the family. And she, all she can think of to say, because she doesn't want to like insult him. She goes, oh, he's very hairy. And he goes, yep, that's why we're all clean shaven. Yep. Well, if he was so bad, why is he hanging on the wall? And he goes, tradition. Current Duke is on the first landing, previous Duke on the second, great grandpa's after that. Heart doesn't break the rules. And he, she's like, you go up the stairs and your dad scours, scowls at you that like every sucks. time? What that the sucks. hell? Okay. Let's well, not do this. This is why we have our own homes. And at Kilmorgan, I have a suite of 10 rooms, but you know, we'll want more privacy. We each have our own wing. How big is this house? And Ian tells her that his memory is too good. He can't forget things. And when he's with her, all of the bad memories stop. It sounds like he has intrusive thoughts. And mm. when she, when he is with her, 
She says, your being with me makes it stop. It's like the bowls. When I touch them and I feel them, everything stops. Nothing matters. And you are the same. And that's why I brought you here to keep you with me where you can please make everything stop. Where you can please make everything stop. She's like, sounds great. Tell me how. Let's do it. Well, the answer is... I love her. Bone Town. Is it Bone Town? Is it maybe something to do with his staff? And some petals. (laughs) Petals, yes. yes. Staff, petals, arousal. Yep. And, you know, then, well, Bone Town. Yeah. Many, many pages of Bone Town. It's the best. Like, literally, they just go to Bone Town and they wake up and then Curry brings them breakfast in bed and then they go back to Bone Town. And then they go to Bone Town. They're, listen, they have a permanent residency there. They get their mail there and nobody can say anything about it. Nope. The servants are all very happy for Ian and they're all very happy to just let them be in Bone Town as long as they would like to be. So, yeah. Yeah. As if this wasn't enough intimacy, as if this wasn't Uh enough deep, deep intimacy of two individuals, he shows her his collection of vases, takes her to the collection room. my God. Ming bowls all over the place, little pedestals all labeled, approximate year. He takes her into a room that represents his sanctuary. sanctuary. This is his home. This is the space where all of the... All of the noise stops. And so she, mm-hmm. he brings her into his sanctuary and gives her a bowl as a wedding <gasps> present. And they had made a joke earlier about how, you know, ladies like carriages and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he says, do you like the gift? And she goes, "I of course I like it. And he goes, is it better than a carriage? And she says, of course. Like, it's what are you talking about? It's like a hundred times better. He's like, it's only a bowl. And she says, no, it's important to you. It's special to you. And you gave it to me. It's the best gift in the world. Oh, these two. I know. These two are too much. So, yep. Well, the next day, Cam is here. Cam is like the horse whisperer. And they find out that Beth has never learned to ride a horse. She doesn't know how to ride a horse. And this, it's just too much for all of these Scotsmen. They're just appalled. They can't. Cameron has a son named Daniel. He doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut, so it's great. I think he's also book five. five (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, he's going to grow up and have his own sequel bait. Mm -hmm. You know, but Cam is like, I'm teaching you how to ride. And Beth is like, you know, it's fine. I don't have to. And they're like, no, no, you do. I've got these feet that are great. You really, really do need to learn how to ride. And she cannot even figure out how to sit on the side saddle. She just falls right off the side. Ian catches her and shoves her back back up. That's that's true. That's just facts. That is real life. Why ever side saddle? And she's like, why don't we ride the regular way? And they're like, the horse did our Scottish proprietor. What kind of woman did you marry? And she's like, a practical one. This is dumb. Yes. Yeah. So she finally figures out, you know, how to just even stay up on the horse without falling off. But Ian has to stay and walk beside her because she's going to fall off. Then the staff and the stable hands are all just hanging out the windows watching her learn to ride. But they're cheering her on. It's so cute. It's so cute. Everybody is team Beth. Yeah. And then they go into dinner and Beth is sore. So mm-hmm. sore. Forget going to Bone Town with Ian, who is too big and her pedals are aflame. That's nothing. Absolutely. Riding side saddle, her butt hurts. Yes. Y'all, she did too many squats. She's, yes. Her glutes are sore. And she tries to sit down and she can't <laughs> even sit. She goes, <laughs> and he goes, are you okay? And she goes, I think Cameron needs to find me a softer horse. And Ian <laughs> busts out laughing. She's like, well, you can Uh stop laughing at me. It was only my first lesson. And he goes, well, you have a very good seat. And Ian kisses her cheek and wipes his eyes and sits down. And Beth looks up and everyone is staring. And silent. And completely silent. It's like they've seen a UFO. They're like, what the hell is happening? And she can't figure out why. What the hell? They have dinner and, and Hart is like, Ian, I need you. And Beth is like, no. She jumps up, runs out, and chases them, busts into the study and says, Ian is not your servant. Mm-hmm. You summon Ian the same way you summon a footman with your boots. And Hart calls her Mrs. Ackerley again, which <gasps> oh, gross. Don't do that, Hart. And, and she's like, he's your brother. He's not your secretary. You yeah. love him. Why don't you show him? And he's like, Mrs. Ackerley. And he's like, my name is Beth. Mm-hmm. Knock it off. And 
he then grabs her. He grabs yeah, her. He grabs her. And Ian is like, do not touch her. And Hart's like, uh-uh. what is wrong with you? And, and Beth apologizes to Ian. Yes. And Ian's, Ian says, Beth, get away from him now. And she runs yeah. out of the room. And she's like sitting on the steps and she's terrified. And here comes Daniel and like, hey, Auntie Beth, you need a drink? She's like, yeah, I think I do need a drink. Mm-hmm. So because gets, Cam followed them both in there. Yeah. And so now all three men are shouting at each other. Yeah. And Daniel's like, I think you need a drink. And she's like, yeah, I think I do need a drink. And he's like, yeah. bring a dram of whiskey. She's like, are they always like this? He's like, oh, yeah, they all shout at each other. You get used to it. She goes, are you unhappy, too? He goes, nah, because my mom tried to murder me and my dad and then she killed herself. I never knew her. And dad's <laughs> done his best. And she's like. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. What the hell? All these Mackenzies. So much These Mackenzies just say stuff out loud. It's like the real housewives of Scotland. Seriously. God. All this screaming over dinner (sighs) all the time. She's like, why was everyone staring at me at dinner? And he says, we've never (sighs) heard Uncle Ian laugh. Not since before he went in the asylum. None of us have heard it. Oh, right after he got out of the asylum. He was me. silent and he didn't speak for months. Three months. Yeah. Now he's and laughing. It's amazing. So back to the riding lessons. She's learning. Mm-hmm. Cam's going to help her. She learns to ride. And then he takes her on a ride out to a folly in the woods. Yep. So, but his horse throws a shoe. So he sends her on her own. Mm-hmm. And Beth overhears Hart and Ian talking. Yeah, they're they're doing that thing that you do in Scotland, where you do just stand next to an old ruin, yeah. of some sort. Well, you have to and stand next to the old ruin and talk about all of your problems. It's yeah, very you have to say important, really serious, secret things out loud yeah. next to the old ruin. It's a Scotland thing. Yeah, and they're just doing their duty. Yeah, so they talk all about. The not the most recent murder, even, but the first they talk murder. about, yeah, the first murder that started the whole thing. There's more than and, one murder, and Detective Inspector Hate Boner has been chasing them since the first, bur- first murder. A lot mm-hmm. of murder. Beth overhears everything, and part of it is Ian saying, I saw every, like, I, I can remember everything. And Hart's yeah. like, What do you remember? And he says, I just remember blood on my hands, and I tried to wipe it off on the walls, and it's just everywhere. And Hart is like, we're not going to, you know, basically like, we're not going to let anybody find out. Yeah. Hart thinks that Ian is confessing to murdering her. And what Ian is saying is, no, I walked in and she was dead and there was blood. I had blood on my hands and I wiped it on the wall. Yeah. And Hart thinks that what Ian is doing is confessing to the murder. Right. Which is hilarious because Ian actually thinks that Hart did that murder. Yeah. They each think that the (laughs) other one is doing and they're trying to protect each other. And the problem is Ian can't lie, so Hart has to keep him away from the police. And Ian mm-hmm. is thinking that Hart killed this girl, and he can't turn Hart in because Hart got him out of the asylum, and he owes Hart his life. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just well, messy. It's yeah. Really and messy. he's like, I, there's also this part of him that's like, is heart protecting him from the police just because he wants Ian to keep the secret as well. Yeah. You know, like exactly. he really thinks that heart is incredibly um, motivated by his own, you know, selfish pursuits. Yeah. And that's true to an extent. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, but true. Ian, yeah. But Ian can't see that that does extend to him. And even though we have a character who cannot lie, and even though we have a character who's in charge of everybody, both of these people are talking past each other and Beth overhears the whole thing. Right. So then she goes back to the house and she's like sitting in bed, right? Totally numb. Yeah. And closes her eyes, pretends to be asleep when Ian comes in. So in the morning, he's like, are you sick? No. Did, did you fall down? No. And she looks at him because we're not having any big misunderstandings in this book. No, we are no, not. She goes, please tell me not. that what happened that night. And he's like, I really don't want to. And she's like, I need yeah. to know. And she says, I heard you yesterday. Yeah, it was I a whoopsie. I got out of there as soon as I could, but I heard you. Yeah. So I need to, I need to know what blood is all over my hands means. Ian's torn up because he couldn't protect her. So Lily, the girl who recently got ma- uh, got murdered. So there's two, let me let us let the, us recap the murders. So there's Sally, there's Sally, yeah. and there's Lily. So Sally yeah. died first, and that's the one with the blood on the walls. And mm-hmm. Hart and Ian were both present in the building when mm-hmm. Sally was killed, and they both think the other one did it. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, right before, right at the start of this book, Lily is killed. And and Ian's been protecting Lily for the past five years. Yes. He's like, he's had, been hiding he's her. her. He thought he was hiding her from Hart. Yeah, he thinks that Hart did it. And so he's hiding Lily from Hart, but he's also trying not to tell Hart this. Then Lily dies and Mather followed Ian and found uh-huh. out the next day that somebody died at the building that he follow followed Ian to. So Mather tells Detective Hate Boner. So now Detective Hate Boner is like, I'm going to get you guys for two murders now, yeah. not just one, two. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Ian the Madman has done two murders now, and yeah. I'm going to prove it no matter what. Yeah. And so now Ian is sitting there thinking, I cannot tell you because the last woman who knew what happened is now dead. Yeah. And I can't lose you. I'm yeah. not going to let anything bad happen to you. So you can't know. And you have to stop this. You have to stop looking into it. Yeah. You have to stop being curious. You have to leave it alone. And she's very like, well, we can prove you didn't do it. That's yeah. the smartest way to go about this. We yeah. just prove you didn't do it and it's yeah, fine. we can just investigate and, and prove it. And he's like, absolutely not. Like, and he, and he has, he has a meltdown because he's thinking about her being hurt and him not being able to protect her. And he sees Sally's dead body again, but then mm-hmm. sees Beth's face instead and he starts to panic mm-hmm. and he is just not in a good place. No. Yeah. And so he leaves the room. Yep. He goes storming out of the house. He um, gets a couple of uh, pistols. Yeah. And then he's like, Curry, load these for me. And Curry's very like, absolutely not. I will not be doing that. I don't care how much you pay me. And so then he grabs a little undergardener boy and drags him out to a field. And he's like, load these for me. And then it seems as though he just keeps on shooting the guns into a field for over an hour minimum. Yeah. He gets blisters on his hands. He can sort of hear people shouting around him. He can, he knows sort of that the little gardener boy is sobbing as he's loading all these guns. Yeah. They're all terrified of him and they can't get him to stop and they can't reach him. And then Beth comes to him and says, Ian, and gets him out of that state. Just the one softly spoken Ian. And it cuts through everything. Yeah. And that's when he realizes like the state he's in and the fact that it's gone from afternoon to evening. Yeah. And his hands are bleeding and everyone around him is, uh, is upset and Beth just cuts through all of the noise. So he takes her back to the house and they do go to Bone Town, yep. okay? Because that's that's yep. what happens. Yeah, <laughs> these two are still extremely horny for each other. Yeah, two it's Two murders, some drama, some problems. Nope, they are still very, very horny. But when Beth wakes up, Ian's gone. She's like, oh, okay. I'm going to use this opportunity. Yeah. When you you told me that when he disappears for a few days, it could be days and days, and I'm just going to take a quick trip. 
Let's you know, pack my stuff. Let's go. And then she says, I need to send a telegram to Inspector Fellows at Scotland. <gasps> she is dun, reaching out dun, dun. to Detective Inspector Hatebuller. And and she was told in no uncertain terms that she is never to contact him again. Yeah. Uh, Detective Inspector Hate Boner does indeed show up to talk to Beth. Yeah. She says, tell me everything. Tell me everything. You <laughs> know. Tell me everything. And, and he's so, like, this is supposed to be the other way around. I'm the detective. And she's like, da, 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 da. tell me everything. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. So if you would like to know what I know, you tell me what you know first. Right. And he's like, this is really gruesome. And she's like, I can handle it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So he says the whole thing that five years ago, a woman named Sally Tate had been stabbed through the heart with a knife. With a knife this time. With a knife, not the scissors. And her mm-hmm. blood was all over the walls. Somebody had smeared it all over the walls. And the owner of the home was a Mrs. Palmer. And Mrs. Palmer finally confesses that the people who had been in the house were Hart and Ian. And three other dudes who don't matter. Three other dudes that don't matter. They all left well before the murder happened. When the murder happened, Ian and Hart were there. And Sally had been talking to Ian all night. Yeah. And she was like, what? He was talking to her? And Beth says, excuse me, you're calling them Ian and Hart instead of his lordship and his grace. Oh, yeah. And Fellows is like, well, you know, I think about them a lot. (laughs) She's like, "Mm, I wonder why that is. And he's Mm -hmm. like, because they're bad. They're blights on society. They spend money. They're useless. And Beth is just staring at him and... Fellows is very embarrassed as he should be because clearly mm-hmm. he's a he's a super fan. So you you interviewed all of these gentlemen, but not Ian. And why don't you suspect the other guys? Well, they're respectable. Yeah, and she's like, so you're saying that because Ian's what crazy? Yeah, that he had to do it. And he's like, yeah. Well, his servants are lying when they cover for him. Here is the breakdown of what happened. Here's where mm-hmm. everyone was at what time. Sally convinced Ian to go upstairs with her and they were upstairs for 15 minutes. And she's like, Ian was talking to somebody for 15 minutes? The devil you say. And Fellows yeah. is like, oh, I think Sally did most of the talking, implying that, you know, Ian took her upstairs to go to Bone Town. Well, well, so that was really interesting to me, though, because first it was Ian sat still and had a conversation with someone, an extended conversation with someone. Yeah. And then went upstairs with her. Yeah. Like, Ian doesn't get persuaded to do anything. No, you can't if, convince him to do he, anything. He doesn't yeah, want to do it. If he wanted to fuck her, it, he, it would have been first thing. Let's go upstairs. Yeah. So this is absolutely pre- preposterous. This is just silly and completely impossible. Like, there's mm-hmm. just, this doesn't add up. But Fells is like, nope, nope, that's what happened. And she's like, I think you've really been blinded. Mm-hmm. Like you're not seeing, you're not seeing the details that matter because you're so focused on the Mackenzies. Yeah, you've clearly missed whoever actually did this because it wasn't Ian and it wasn't right. Hart. Right. And so, according to Mrs. Palmer, that night Hart came back at about one, waited for Ian, who came down at two, and then they did. Dep- departed together. But one of the maids says that Hart went upstairs and then rushed out later on his own. And when they pressed the maid, she, well, she got really confused and couldn't swear to anything. But then after Mrs. Palmer got five minutes with that maid by herself, the maid changed her story and said that Hart and Ian definitely left together at two. Mm-hmm. And Beth was like, yeah, that is kind of suspicious. Clearly that maid had been pressured to say that. And what did Ian say? And Fellow says, well, I was never um, able to interview Ian until two weeks later. And by then he could not remember. And mm-hmm. Beth knows that's a lie because Ian remembers everything. And she realizes yep. Ian is protecting Hart because Ian thinks Hart killed this woman and doesn't yeah. want to him, his brother. He doesn't want to be the one to tell, yeah, my brother murdered this girl. Oh, and and Beth does tell fellows, you are a pillock. You're an idiot. You've been so oh, obsessed yeah. with them. You let the actual murderer get away. What the hell is wrong with you? But Beth and her a servant, her 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 maid, Katie, are going to go to the East End because that's where she used to live and she's going to go find some answers. Yeah. Yeah. She's got some connections and yeah. she thinks that she can get some info. Yeah. And off they go. They pass the vicarage. They pass mm-hmm. the church. And then they go into... It's like a boarding house? It's like a hall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a place where you can get a a meal and one of the young women who's there is like, oh, it's the missus. I I recognize you. So this is Molly. 
she re- uh, reconnects with Molly. Yep, Molly's and she's great. like, Molly, I. I, uh, I, I, I need some help. So she pulls Molly aside and she explains the whole story and she gives her some coins and she's like, I need to know about this. She's like, oh, okay. I think I might know somebody who used to work there and they got uh-huh. married and are now very rich, but I bet I could get her to talk to me. And Beth's like, well, here, have some more coins and get her to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And Molly's like, yeah, I'm on it. No worries. Oh, it's great. I love a person with agency. God, me too. Right? It's just like, I'm not going to have anyone else solve my problems for me. I'm going to go and take care of this. But she goes home and she does find out her husband's there. Yeah. And she goes back to Mrs. Barrington's house, which is the house that she owns. She doesn't go to Ian's house. She doesn't go to any of the properties that they own. She goes to the house that she owns, which is old and musty and airless and and dark and kind of smells. And Ian finds her there. Ian knew. Yeah. They're like, why wouldn't she go to one of our houses? And she, he's like, no, this is where she would feel comfortable. This she is lived where here. she would feel safe. Take, he's big mad. He's big mad. And he's terrified. Because he's now terrified. the thing is, really, the crux of it is, if you know, I can't protect you. Why would I be in trouble? Because some guy who was there or his mistress or Mrs. Palmer, and she looks and she realizes, oh, oh. Ian has been covering for Hart. And that's when she really you fully think understands. Hart did it. And Ian finally tells her Breaks down. what he has been keeping a secret that he's been holding just to himself. Mm-hmm. So Sally, it turns out, had boasted that she knew secrets that would ruin Hart and ruin him politically. And Hart's interest is politics. In the middle of having sex with Sally, she had made Ian so angry about how she was going to blackmail Hart that Ian had just pulled out, grabbed his clothes and bailed. He felt (laughs) himself getting angry and he left, which is smart. So he'd walked around the house and walked around the house searching for Hart. And then once he calmed down, he went back to Sally's room and opened the door and saw Hart with Sally on the sofa at the end of the bed. And Hart was taking a knife away from her. Mm -hmm. She swore at him. And he pressed her throat until she quieted and laughed. And Beth was like, but wait, Sally wasn't strangled. And he goes, Mm -hmm. no, they like to, they don't call it this, but basically Hart and Sally were into autoerotic asphyxiation. I can say that. Yeah, He's like, it's a sex thing. It's a sex Mm -hmm. thing. He says the climax is harder. So I think one of the reasons that it's planted early that Mathers would tell Hart something like this in order to ingratiate himself that he likes to be submissive is because he knows Hart was a dominant to all the women who lived in that house. And Beth says, but you didn't see him kill her. Well, Ian saw them together and he left them to it because he knows they were going to go to Bone Town. And he thought, well, if anyone could talk Sally out of blackmailing him, Hart would. So I would just go home. But I left my watch on her table. So I went downstairs, had some whiskey. I heard Hart rush out the door and I went back upstairs and I found Sally and she was dead. Mm -hmm. And so. And when he was like checking her, he got her blood on his hands and and then he tried to wipe it on the wall because he was horrified. And then um, Hart came back and hustled him out of there. Yes, because Hart left the room once he'd gotten Sally to agree not to blackmail him. And then had his valet dress and clean up. And when he came back from dressing and cleaning up himself in another room, he came back in and Sally was dead. Uh huh. So Hart says that he found Sally dead. And Ian says that he found Sally dead. Hart thinks Ian did it. Ian thinks Hart did it. And yep. they're very messily and clumsily covering for each other. And they're doing a terrible job. And neither of them have actually said those words out loud. No, neither of them. They've, they've, they've all never been talked about past it each other. They've all been all. talking past each other. And And I love her because she says, there's no way he did it. There's no way Hart did it. And Ian's like, you don't know Hart. He's ruthless when he wants something. He's ruthless. He'll do anything. And Mm -hmm. she goes, no, he won't. He would never, ever injure you. Mm -hmm. If he was going to kill Sally, if he really wanted to do that, he would make sure you were as far away as humanly possible. Not in the house with him. That's nonsense. No, Hart would never endanger him like that. Never. Because he knew, he would know that the first person they would blame was Ian. So he would protect Ian. If he was planning on killing somebody, he wouldn't do it spontaneously and he would never do it in a way that would endanger Ian. So Ian can't see that still. Nope. Ian's like, no, he's selfish. Is he self-motivated and that's all. And, you know, you have to stay away from him and you have to stop this because I can't protect you if you know. 
Yeah. Beth is like, all right, so what about what about Lily? Well, mm-hmm. she was looking in the room. She saw Hart with Sally and she swore she never saw Hart stab her, but I couldn't tell whether she was lying. I couldn't risk her going to the police. So we hid her. And five years later, she died. So you think that Hart, so Beth says, okay, so you think Hart found Lily and killed her? And Ian says, yes. And Beth, the smartest person in the room, says, wow, what a mess. <laughs> yes, darling, this is a big old mess. You are right. Big old mess. Big, huge mess. So Fellows is determined that one of them are, is doing it. Hart is tearing himself apart because he thinks Ian did it. Ian is just beside himself because he thinks Hart did it. And Sally's and, and, and Sally is dead and Lily is dead. So there's no way to figure it out except Beth is like, actually, I, I think I think I can figure it out. That's yeah, why there I'm was here. one other person there. Yeah. So, and he says, No, you have to promise me you will not look into this anymore. And the <laughs> the narration is actually pretty, pretty shady. It's so funny because mm-hmm. the way that it's worded is like she agreed and he never thought once that she agreed too fast. Yep. <laughs> it so, was too easy to convince her to stop. <laughs> and then then you find out why Ian was in the asylum to begin with. Oh, fuck stick. Yeah. So the reason why Ian is so torn up about having the idea that his brother killed Sally was that he had been hiding in his father's study when his parents had an argument and his father had reached up and grabbed his wife around her neck and shaken her and squeezed and then she went limp. And Ian watched his father kill his mother. Mm -hmm. Then Ian's father recognized that Ian was in the room and shook him the way that he had shaken Ian's mother and said, you will mm-hmm. not tell anyone. Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you look at me? And the next day he'd condemned him as a lunatic to the asylum. Because he knows he can't lie. He knows he can't lie. And he knows that his son would tell what had happened. He would, yeah. So he had to discredit him yep. by making him a lunatic and putting him away where nobody would ever listen to him ever again. And then Ian sees himself and his father. I have rages like that. So Hart is just as ruthless as our father, but he doesn't rage. I am I not rage. ruthless, but I rage. Beth is like, something is not right here. Something does not add up. And then, <gasps> dun, 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 Katie says, hey, somebody's here. Mm-hmm. And it turns out this is Sylvia. Sylvia is on the back stairs because the cook won't let her in. And <laughs> Sylvia's like, I want to sit in the parlor and I want your servants waiting on me or I won't talk. And Katie's like, the fuck you will. You sit there and you <laughs> shut up and you tell my mistress what she needs. You you just stop. Katie is the most adorable Irish bulldog this whole book. She doesn't take shit from Mac. She will not let anybody talk to her mistress like that. <laughs> Beth is like, okay, Sylvia, I know you know everything. And it's very easy to flatter Sylvia. And Sylvia's like, mm-hmm. you're right. I know all about it. Well, it turns out that Mrs. Palmer was Hart's mistress. And Mrs. Palmer would do anything for Hart. Well, it turns out Sylvia worked in the house. And Sylvia drops a very important important piece of information. Ooh la la. Sally and Lily were lovers. Ooh, they were together. They were going to run away. They were going to run away together. Sally was mad because she didn't like how much of the money that she made that Mrs. Palmer was taking because she wanted to buy a property so she and Lily could run away and live happily ever after. And so they were planning to get the money from Hart by blackmailing him Yep, that's, and then running away. Yep. That's what the money is for. That was the plan. They were going to run away, take the blackmail money and run away together and live together out in the country. And Sylvia's like, ew, gross, that's nasty. And, and <laughs> Beth is like, thank you very much for your help. It's been lovely talking to you. Bye. Goodbye. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that Beth has gone down to High Holborn to talk to Mrs. Palmer, which is a bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Good Lord. But so you, we think that she's going straight there. Yep. And Ian finds out pretty much immediately. And so he's like, all right, let's go. Everybody gather the horses, like yep. round up the men. Yep. We're going to High Holborn and yep. we're going to save her or whatever. Yep. And we're at about 76% of this book. So, you know, it's on. <laughs> But he gets there and he's shocked that his wife is not there, but Hart is. Mm-hmm. Ian, I thought you would arrive. Come talk to me. Dun, dun, dun. Well, it turns out that 
Beth has actually gone to pick up Detective Inspector Hate Boner because he uh-huh. needs to be there for this whole, you know, re- revel, you know, re- reveal. For it to be official. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She needs him to be there for the reveal. So they're in the carriage and Fellows is like, why do you think I didn't do my job? What makes you think I didn't do this correctly? And she says, well, you missed something because mm-hmm. you have a hate boner for the Mackenzies. My man brain is better at parsing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Your weak little girl brain just doesn't understand. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, Beth is like, I don't friggin think so. And even Fellows is like, "Ugh, women. Everyone's mm-hmm. mad at the women. Beth's like, don't care. Mm-hmm. So Ian's like, where's Beth? And Hart's like, well, she's not here. I don't know. Well, then I can't talk to you. Well, I want to talk to you about Beth. Yeah, because he's like, it's really not great that your wife is so determined to find out about the murder you did. Yeah. Except he won't say that out loud. Yeah. And and, and Ian, meanwhile, Ian doesn't read subtext. He doesn't, he can't parse what, what Hart's saying. He can't pick up what Hart's putting down. So I don't think just, a neurotypical person would no. be able to pick up what Hart's putting down. Hart is not good at this. He's no. really bad at it. He's like, I think we finally have to talk about it. We have yes. to finally talk about that night. Yeah. And they find out that the other, each of them thinks the other did it. Yeah. And they're like, we're such idiots. It's What's like, happening it's like right the now? Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing at each other and yeah. they're like, wait, no, it wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. How is it? Well, who the fuck was it? Oh, dear. Yeah, we have to figure out who it was. And meanwhile, Mrs. Palmer is just pouring drinks and walking around, doing all the business. Beth gets there. Yeah. With Detective Fellows. Yep. And he's like, for fuck's sake, Beth, what are you doing? He's not here to arrest you. We're here to investigate. And Ian's like, nope, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And Beth is like, have you really talked about Mrs. Palmer, though? Have you looked at uh-huh. Mrs. Palmer? It's her house. She would have uh-huh. had opportunity. Ian's like, no. Okay. No, I haven't <laughs> talked about Mrs. Palmer. And then a scream. So they all go running in. <gasps> a scream. A scream a pierces scream. the night. Dun, dun, dun. Turns out it's Katie. She's screaming. So Katie, <laughs> Katie saw Ian. Cam and he's just real tall. Yeah. <laughs> just thought and, a bear was coming at her. Yeah, you know. Ah. So Katie and Ian and Inspector Fellows go running in through the house. And someone is rushing through the hallway. And then somebody runs down the stairs and Beth hears it. So she starts to chase them. And she's like, Ian, Inspector, this way. So she chases this person down the back stairs, grabs the woman, grabs her wrist, and it's Mrs. Palmer. And Mrs. Palmer's like, you need to leave well enough alone. Beth is like, absolutely not. I'm going to hold you here until they find you. And Mrs. Palmer's like, my knife says different. And stabs her. Beth is then kidnapped by Mrs. Palmer and has been stabbed. Yeah. And Beth convinces her to go into the vicarage that she used mm-hmm. to live in because she knows that the door is going to be open. And this is the scene that really got me. Beth is like, she's things are going gray. She's in terrible pain. She's sweaty. She's coughing. She's like, she's in bad shape. But does she convince Mrs. Palmer to tell her of her dastardly plan? Yes. Yes, she does. Of course she does. Yeah. And she's like, you're going to let Ian hang. And she's like, I don't care. I want I want Hart to be saved. I don't care who dies. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to be Hart. And Beth goes, did you kill Lily Martin? And Beth, Mrs. Palmer's like, of course I killed her. She was a witness to Sally's murder. So you think Hart killed Sally? No. Hart was really angry with Sally because Sally was going to try to blackmail her. Blackmail mm-hmm. him. It wasn't Mrs. Palmer that killed Sally. Mm -mm. It was Lily. Mm -hmm. Lily got dumped by Sally and Sally was going to run off. Lily was Mm -hmm. the one who killed Sally. Mrs. Palmer's like, look, I'm done talking to you. You've got all the information. You're going to die. And Beth's like, you should stay and explain. She grabs Beth and hauls her up by the hair and is shaking Mm. her. And Beth looks past her and sees the lectern door behind the altar squeak and thinks that she sees her dead husband standing in it in his cassock and thinks and thinks that he is saying to her be brave be brave it's almost over Mm -hmm. so she thinks she sees her dead husband and then guess who walks in (gasps) it's ian it's ian it's ian and Ian and Hart and Cameron and Mr. and Inspector Fellows and they all bust in and she is just bleeding everywhere and Mrs. Palmer is shrieking and then Mrs. Palmer grabs <sighs> her own knife and stabs herself in the heart and mm-hmm. Hart, Hart cradles her and she's like, I love you. I'm so sorry. I love you. It was always you. And Hart says, I won't leave you. I won't leave you. And Mrs. Palmer dies. 
Mm-hmm. But best in bad shape. Real, real bad. And what happens in England times when you get shot or when you get stabbed? <gasps> there's a fever. Big, well, we get a sick bed scene is what happens. Sick bed. And so there's a fever and yeah. she is delirious. And Ian will not leave her side. Nope. He washes her. He tries to get her to eat. And because he, Ian has read everything everywhere, he's like a giant repository of every possible piece of medical information in the world. He's going to try everything. Mm-hmm. There's leeches. There's broth. There's cold water. There's trying to wake her up. There's syringes. There's oils. He is trying everything to try to yeah. keep her alive. And then he realizes that the sixth day, the fever is not broken and he thinks she's going to die. And he whispers, is this what love feels like? I don't like oh, it. It hurts too much. It hurts too much. Chapter 22. She wakes oh. up and she's hungry. Huzzah. Huzzah. The fever is broken. She wakes up. All is forgiven. He's had it out with heart. He's forgiven Beth. She wakes up and she's feeling better. The fever is mm-hmm. broken and she's really friggin' hungry. Not, I mean, she's hungry for food and she's for hungry and for that And then they dish. kiss. And I got to say. Yeah. Tell me everything. Mm, That's wow. Mm, That's a big she's wow. She's had a fever. She's been delirious for six days and they're kissing. Uh, she does the same thing. She pushes him away and she's like, I'm disgusting. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I'm like, no. I, okay, as the reader, I just need to say I care. <laughs> I just need to say that I care about this. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of grossed me out. And then Come we on. solve the mystery of Inspector Fellows and his <gasps> and his raging hate boner. And we do it with a costume beard. Yes, of course. (laughs) She needed to have a long chat with Inspector Fellows and he was going to come to Scotland and she was going to make it happen. And so, well, it did. Mm -hmm. And she got a costume beard and she holds it up to Fellows' face in front of everyone and says, does he look familiar? Hello? Hello? Everybody's like, crickets, crickets. Oh, no. And then she goes... Come on, he's your half brother. He looks Bye. like your dad, for fuck's sake. And they're all yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> so it turns out that terrible father had also been fucking around on their mom, and Fellows was his half brother, and that's why he hates them all so much. Mm-hmm. He's your half brother, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and he's older than Hart. So if it England been- didn't have England Times laws. And he would have gotten the dukedom. He would have not been the heart. dukedom. He would have gotten the dukedom, not heart, and everything would have been different. And his, he and his mother grew up very poor. And Hart is like, well, um, no, actually, we're going to take care of you, and we're going to take care of your mother. And Fellows is like, the fuck you will. And Hart's like, no, if my father abandoned her, she deserves to live in a palace, and we yeah. will fix this now. You are one yeah. of us. And Hart's like, I'm not taking your pity, and he's like, I'm. It's not pity. I'm just doing the right thing. Fellows is like, I don't want anything from you. Hart's like, too bad. Tough shit. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of wild to me that Hart accepts Fellows much easier than he accepted Beth. So then yeah. there's this big gathering in his, and Fellows brings his mom. Well, because Ian proposes to Beth again. And Beth is like, we're married, darling. It's done. We already And did he's this? like, no, we're going to have a big old wedding and you're going to be in a white dress. And it's going to be in Scotland. And there's going to be lilies of the valley. And you told me that ladies want that kind of thing. So you're going to have it. So they invite fellows and fellows as mom. And the inspector is like, I can't believe you're just offering me all this luxury to keep me quiet. And Beth is like, they're trying to make it up for you. And Max says, we hate our father more than you ever could. And he abandoned you. We had to live with his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So Mm -hmm. there's a big old wedding. And then they get on a train to go on their honeymoon. Again. So sweet. Another honeymoon. And Ian tells Beth that he loves her. (gasps) He understands what love is because he understands how he feels about her. And then they do some train bone town. They do some transportation bone town times. Melody, there's thrusting. Oh, yeah. And some seed bursting. Definitely. There's all over the place. And that's the end. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yay. It's beautiful. And they live happily in their fluids for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> this book was so good. <laughs> I lost my mind over this book. They're so horny. 
they're just they're so horny. So horny. They are the most and horny. I think I also really liked it because I've never seen this premise before. The fact that he stole somebody else's fiance, but that wasn't even the conflict. No, that wasn't even the main conflict. That was like a yeah. piece of it. I generally don't like insta love, but I bought it hard here. And it worked for me so well. And there was really yeah. good sustained building sexual tension too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all right. Mm-hmm. I was all right with that part. Thank you for inviting me to split this episode with you and for having me. Oh my this. God. I've never read this one before. I've heard about it a million times, but I'd never read it before. I invite anyone who is listening though to email us and let us know what we should read together again in the future. Oh yeah. Because we've that. had, we've had horny monster fucking in the theater. Mm-hmm. And now we've had a 2009 historical romance by Jennifer Ashley. Mm-hmm. Well, we did Nicholas oh, together. Oh, yes. Lords of the Seder. That was historical and banana town. Oh, and paranormal. space. We did space, too. So this is four. And we did Morning Glory Milking Farm. Yes. Yeah. We're on a roll here. We really are. This has been yeah. great. We're knocking out of the park. No, nah, we're just <laughs> kicking ass, taking names. Thank you. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of a very long two-part conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. If you think of another book that you would like us to discuss, please, please let me know. You can tweet at me if Twitter is still up. You can also email me at sarah at smartpitchestrashybooks.com. I always end with a joke. This week, the joke is from Emily, and this is dedicated to Varian. Did you hear about the man who squirted ketchup? in his eye yeah the guy who squirted ketchup in his eye he now has Heinz sight (laughs) someone from Pittsburgh where Heinz ketchup is made that makes me very happy and did members of the podcast discord tell their eye doctors this joke yes they did and did I also email this to my eye doctor yes in fact yes I did (laughs) so if you know anyone who's in the optical industry now you have a great joke for them on behalf of everyone here we wish you the very very best of reading Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.